Welcome back, everybody, for another another week of MMA action, UFC action, UFC 295 in New York City, Madison Square Garden. The All-Star MMA Live is with you again to recap, react to everything that went on. There's a lot of stuff. Every week, there's a lot of things to discuss. Usually, I think like, oh, yeah, we're going to only talk for this amount of time, and then we end up talking 30 minutes more than I expect. So sit tight. And uh, if you are watching live, leave a comment, leave a request, leave a question, and we'll get to those. But before we get to that, we're all here for the All-Star MMA. So go in the descriptions, download the app. It's MMA, it's NFL, it's it's every sport. You can customize customize it, and, uh, and also you can make picks on UFC fights. And that's what we're here for. We're here to promote that and promote J-Specs League. Jay Speck, what's up with the league right now? Well, uh, for those of you who knew or don't know, there was a reset. So we're not, we're, I'm personally uh, changing the national, uh, excuse me, the monthly challenge. We're going to freeze that for next uh, this month, but we'll do it again next month. We had a wonderful space with MMA trivia this past weekend. For those of you who were on the app, you saw it because I posted it all in there. Thank you guys for playing along. It was great. We also had UFC's uh, Charles Johnson joining us. So, what a great way to celebrate the UFC's birthday weekend, you know? So get the All-Star app, play along, make leagues with your own friends. Join me, become our friend. So there you go. There you go, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was like the birthday of the UFC, but the UFC didn't really even celebrate their birthday. It was weird, right? I thought it was very weird because I genuinely treated it like a birthday party for a friend. I genuinely treated it that way. I know me and you both and so many of our, our people on the app, man, UFC is a big part of our lives. So I, I I recognized all 30 years of it and I was very, very excited. Yeah, man. There's not many people that has been around for 30 years. They're not even fans that are even 30 years old, right? To re even remember what happened back then. But if you have a chance, you know, I mean, if you haven't watched like the old events, just go back and watch the old events and then compare it to like what's going on now, you'd be mind blown at the talent and and the skill level that these guys have and these girls have at such a young age and we, we saw that on this card we'll, we'll be talking about that in a bit um let's uh jump into some of these comments antoine appreciate you sh showing up again what's up guys hope y'all good of course we're good man i hope you are good Love too. You, there you go and uh what's he saying he's saying uh just counting the pay-per-view top five fights would have you guys say 295 is a classic because of how all the fights got finished. Hey, man, it's hard to disagree with that. It's very hard. There, New York City and Madison Square Garden has had some extremely iconic events, pay-per-views, right? Uh, I remember one of them was like a three-title fight where all three title fights were crazy. Like it was like TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt. And I think Joanna and JTEC versus somebody. And then there was another fight. It was just, you know, and Alex Pereira, man, he is just... He just loves New York, right? Like that's his second title he's won in the building. So let's uh let's jump into the main event first, man. Alex Pereira goes in there on his, I believe, his eleventh fight of his career, and, of his My MMA boy. career. Let's say that yeah. MMA career, eleventh fight of his MMA career, and won his second UFC title. That's like that's crazy, right? And like, you know, and yeah. the first guy to jump the gap between middleweight and light heavy. This is the first time that gap's ever been. Okay, all right. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a huge gap. You know, what I mean, that's what 
the biggest pounds? in the sport. The twenty, yeah, yeah 20, the twenty pound guest, right? the biggest in the sport. Yep. Twenty pounds, man. Twenty pounds. That's insane, man. Alex Pereira is is just different. He's a different breed, and and his story, man, is incredible. Like if you go back and just kind of follow his MMA journey, just his MMA journey. We're not even talking about his kickboxing journey, but just his MMA journey. Um, you could write a movie about it. A lot of these guys, you could write movies about Francis Ngannou, even Yuri Prohaska, man. If you know his background and like how he grew up and how he like changed into who he is right now, it's it's a movie as well, man. I think the UFC should start doing those, right? Like get a deal with Netflix and and put out a series with all these fighters, like the ones that are very interesting that has that have reached the top of the mountain. And with Yuri, man, this is only his fourth fight in the UFC, and he's fought for the title twice. Right. He became a champion in his third fight. It's like they're kind of doing the same thing. Right. They're kind of doing the same thing. I, I really enjoy the story. And and this light heavyweight division, it's very interesting. Now you got Yuri, who hasn't really fought any of the other guys. Right. He's fought Reyes and then he fought uh, Ozdemir. Then he fought Glover. And Reyes is not a contender. Ozdemir is not really a contender anymore. Glover is retired. So everybody else in that top 15, Yuri can fight. He can fight so many guys. There's so many matchups for him moving forward. And Pereira as well, as a champion, he can defend against anybody. And whoever's the next contender, whoever they think is is uh, the proper opponent for him to defend his title against, they can put him against because it's a new matchup. There's no there's no rematches. You know what yes. I mean? There's none. There's none, really, to be honest. It's um, fresh. It's fresh. So let's talk about the fight, man. Um, what do you think of... The first round, like how did that play out in your eyes, and who did you think won that round? That was—I'll be honest—I was like so tense. I—I I felt like every single strike was a moment, and I was so locked in. I felt in that first round that Yuri wasn't quite in the groove yet. Like he seemed like he was still finding himself. Ring and rust. Ring rust. Ring, ring rust is totally applicable. And let's be honest, 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 right? He destroyed his shoulder. So you got to go out there and now test it at speed, fight speed, fight intensity. You don't know. Ask every athlete. They don't know they're good till that moment. So he needed that round. You could see the, a, a huge difference between the beginning of round two and how he was in round one. I, I, I edged. I, I scored the first round for Pereira, but it wasn't like some kind of landslide uh, it, round it was, it was a very fitting championship first round. Both guys probe tested, nothing too crazy. I, I also scored it the first round for Pereira. The reason why is because he just did more damage to that calf, and that calf you could tell was becoming a problem for Yuri. That's why Yuri got the takedown with what a minute and some change left and he controlled Pereira, but I don't think he did that much damage. So if you compare damage and, and I don't know if, you know, you want to throw in control time, but I rather, I rate damage higher than control time. Right. So I would give it to Pereira. But when I saw the broadcast, people were scoring it for, for uh, Prohaska, right. The first round. So I guess, you know, everybody looked at it differently. Uh, but you and me, we saw it for Pereira. The second round was a different story, right? The second round, um, I think Yuri shook off the cobwebs a little bit more and he became a little bit more aggressive with uh, with his approach, you know, and and the, both of these guys have such a crazy like style. Right. It's not mm -hmm. the it's not a like a, a traditional fundamental style like these guys fight with their hands down a lot of the times. Right. And they go in and go out and, and they take huge risks. And 
you know, um, Pereira was 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 clocked a few times, right, by Yuri, and mm -hmm. then Yuri got clocked by Pereira, right, and went in for the takedown. What did you think of that last last sequence? You know, be, when when the fight was finished, initially, I was thinking like those elbows, man, they're so close to being illegal. You know, I thought they were kind of illegal because he hit them what with like ten of them. Right. When you get hit 10 times in the back of the head, have you seen that video of that boxer that got hammer fisted in the back of the head? And then he was like brain dead for a while. And then he came back and he was kind of just like he wasn't the same anymore. Right. Oh, he was in a shit. wheelchair. Yeah, man. Like shots to the back of the head. It's 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 dangerous, especially elbows at that range. You just pound. You're going to get knocked out, man. You're going to have heard problems. Of, we dude. heard of fighters losing their careers in the gym because of that. Exactly. Who, who was that? Who was the one? Um, Someone out of Alpha Male, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The coach, uh, Collinsworth. Yeah. Something. I think his name is Collinsworth. Bless him. Or Collin yeah. So, anyways, uh, <clears throat> yeah, TJ Dillashaw, that incident with him. But um, yeah, what'd you think of that last sequence? Do you think the you know the shots were illegal, and did you think the stoppage was early? I didn't think the shots were illegal. I think they're right at the limit. Um, but the whole sequence, I can see where people, you know get their arguments i just want to say first off all right that it was a good call not a great call okay it's the safe call it's not the cool call it's not the cool it's not the one you probably wanted the most let them die call you know yes but that's the point john mm -hmm. some of these fighters are not fighters excuse me some of these fans i don't know where they're thinking or where they're from what era but they're not in the sport era we're in they're in the just bleed era still that's not where we're at, folks. And the sport is growing, modernizing. We're gonna get further and further away to the death. The the there's a reason why Mazagari, Levine, Yamasaki, and all those brothers, those type of refs don't exist anymore. There's a reason. And uh I think Goddard made a tough but correct call. And because if you look real close and shout out to Sickle, because we were watching it live, Sickle pointed it like caught it right live when it was happening because it was so chaotic, obviously. But Yuri went from, you know, hands clasp on the takedown to limp. And that's a KO, dude. That's he deactivated. And that's that's after he got chinned twice and got dropped. So you have a guy who lost his center and then his brain deactivated, whether it's a flash or not, it was. And then he ended up in a basically a Goddard was what people were like, oh, why'd he stop the fight there? No, Goddard realized uh Mr. Uh Prohaska was out on his knees against the cage, but two humans and gravity kicked in before he could get there. All that was left for Mr. Prohaska was to eat fists or elbows and forearms or all of them. There was nothing that was going to happen. So there, I, I thought it was a fair, I told total fair sequence. I also want to say in the fight, um, Yuri's awkwardness, his, I mean, his unorthodoxness, I'm going to call him awkward, dude's a great fighter. He got that straight right in on on Alex several times. And there was one time where Alex landed his legendary left hook and it seemed to completely not phase Yuri at all. Those were like little highlights in round two that I feel have been lost because of the great finish. And I just wanted to talk about those real quick. But last thing, if you're going to argue about the, the, the ref stopping it too soon, please go to uh, the Andrade Dern fight. That fight got a little ugly because the ref didn't stop it early enough. We'll talk about that one later. There you go. Yeah, um, at first glance, I thought it was an early stoppage, and I then I watched it again, and you know, you're right, what you explained, but I think he was already out 
with from those elbows like those elbows and that's that's what you have to look at were those elbows legal or illegal and if they're illegal then that is not a finish for Alex Pereira, right? That is a a disqualification, illegal shots to the back of the head, right? But the thing is, the referee changing the outcome of the fight with his decision-making after the fact, that would be a, a, a shitstorm, to be honest with you. Huge. So, so, you know, Mark Goddard, one of the best refs, not if not the best ref in the world, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, I, I, I can't second doubt, doubt him, second guess him too much, right? But, you know, we could be critical of what, what he does. You know what I mean? It's it's just uh, our opinions. But, uh, yeah, it's it doesn't matter. Yuri came out. Yuri's not going to be the guy to make excuses. He's going to be the guy that says, hey, that's what happened. You know what I mean? Like, his style, he understands, I think, that he's going to win and he's going to lose. It's not like he's going to win every single time. Also, with that being said, shout out to Yuri for showing – a solid example in the modern age that you can be a champion in one of the other recognized majors and do very well in the UFC. So good job. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, man. Like what's going to happen next. Cause there's so many options, but yeah, with the fight and the stoppage, Mark Goddard did a good job, you know? Um, but the thing is, I think a lot of people were upset because right when he stopped it, <laughs> Yuri popped right back up and walked to his corner. Like on his own, without any kind of like, like uh, what is it, drunkenness or anything? You know what I mean? Like it was crazy. Like it just seemed like he also popped up think... with z- he also popped up with zero. Uh, what's the word when you try to rebuttal? He wasn't trying to yeah, rebut yeah. the decision either. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true, true. Because that's Yuri. Yuri's like I've been around Yuri. You know what I mean? Several times. Like like I've been around the gym with him. I've interviewed him face to face. And Yuri's just like he's a martial artist. Like he's the type of guy that you know takes it for what it is. Like he understands when you go to war, you win some and you lose some, and you can't make excuses. You just got to come back better, and that's the mentality that he has, right? Um, and he's not gonna come back later and say things. I don't think he will. You know, I think he's gonna kind of like go away, right, and do his thing and come back when it's time to fight again. Last thing I want to add on this, you know, I get it from points of view. If you paid $80, $85 for the pay-per-view or you paid tickets to be there and the fight ended like that, you might from have a fan point of view of like, ah. Oh. But pretend like you were Yuri Prohaska. You're very grateful that Goddard stopped it right what he did. Yeah, yeah. You you know, it's it's been a long year and a half for Yuri with the shoulder and, and all this other stuff that is going on. Let's talk about Anton's question. He says, how do you guys feel about his call out of Israel Pereira versus Adesanya could headline UFC 300? What you all think? Um, Antoine, I, I, I wrote this on Twitter. I said the biggest fight in, in the UFC right now, aside from Conor McGregor, is Israel Adesanya. No matter if he has a title or not. And especially Alex Pereira. Alex Pereira... He wants to make money, right? Of course, he wants to win titles and, and have big fights, but he wants to make money. And the biggest money fight is Israel Adesanya, without a doubt. It's not Jan, you know, Blahovich. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not Jan Blahovich. You know, what I mean? uh, you know, much credit to Jan Blahovich. He's a great fighter, but it's, he's not a money fight. He's not going to be selling massive pay per views, right? He's not gonna he's not gonna be selling the fight like Adesanya would be. You know what I mean? It's a mm-hmm. uh, it's not it's a fight that to me it makes sense from Pereira's point of view because you want to cash out because you don't know how long like like I said his style 
it's it's like Yuri style where he could get knocked out in any fight coming up long as the guy has power. You know what I mean? Because his hands are down so low. So you got to take advantage of the moments, right? And take advantage of the biggest fights. I like how he did that. You know what I mean? I, I, I like it. You know what I mean? And and I like how Israel is responding to it as well. What do you think? What makes sense for you? Dude, you know me. I was calling for the, the, the Izzy Pereira trilogy back at middleweight. So if I can get it at light heavyweight where it favors Pereira, in my opinion, even more so, do it. Like you said, it, 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 it also, it's a great sell. Like, it's funny how just a little bit ago, it was like, eh, 60-40 for the trilogy. Now that it's a different weight class, different everything, everybody's going, yeah, fight Izzy. So the people want it. It seems good. It's once again, what I said, trilogies are the money makers in fighting. If you have a trilogy and a pay-per-view interest in it, ba-bing, cash cow. And uh, man, uh, you know what? Why not? Like, why not? Like, because lastly, I don't think Israel Adesanya is ever going to be a factor at light heavyweight. Sorry, not sorry. I don't think so. But this fight at light heavyweight sells super easy. So I'm, I'm all for it. Well, I think that this fight, this this fight between Israel Adesanya and uh, and uh, Alex Pereira at light heavyweight for the title will be a second option. The first option for Israel, and if he does come back and 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 fight at UFC 300, is uh is the winner of Drickus Duplicy and Sean Strickland, right? That especially if it's Drickus Duplicy, if it's Drickus Duplicy is holding that belt, Israel Adesanya, Drickus Duplicy, that's the fight to make at middleweight that is ufc 300 that's that's selling easy you know what i mean but if that that falls out then you could put israel in there against uh, alex Pereira at light heavyweight israel he said it many times like belt no belt he's at a level now to where he's a money fight like he can fight anybody and people are gonna watch right and he's gonna sell it he knows the game you know what i mean it's just it's just how it is you know alex Pereira has been He's been so opportunistic, you know what I mean? And capturing that opportunity every single time. And this is, will be another opportunity. It'll come, but who knows when it'll come, right? But I think middleweight is the home. Even Dana White was saying, you know, we could only take what Dana White says with a grain of salt. But he even said that, you know, he wanted Israel Adesanya to commit to 205. And uh, I don't think he will either, man. I think that, uh, I think that he needs to have the belt at... 185 and then that argument like carrying the belt and then moving up and trying to hold the belt twice at the same time simultaneously against alex Pereira trilogy yes that that story would be incredible right but i think uh israel Sanya stays at middleweight alex Pereira is gonna fight somebody else um i don't know if he fights jan blahovich but we will see um i'll let me look at the rankings and see like who is at 205 um so you got uh Ankalaev's gonna fight uh Johnny Walker again. And then you have uh Rakic. I think Rakic is fighting Vlahovic, right? Yeah, they're they're fighting each other. Okay. So that could like those two fights could determine who is next for Alex Pereira. Because Jamal Hill, when is he supposed to come back? There's no word about that, right? No, it's still gotta be a while, man. Cause yeah. it when he heard it, they said it was gonna be like a year. So we're only like a like not definitely not a yeah. year. Yeah, so he won't be back for a little bit. And you got Anthony Smith chirping, you know what I mean? But that fight will never happen. 
he's yeah. what he's on a losing streak and he's he's all the way at number eight. It's, yeah, it's he's in to, the direct opposite situation. Yeah, it's hard right to now. sell, man. It's hard. He's become he's basically become like a a media guy. Yeah, Basically, I mean he's he's like a media he's, guy. He's, he's more or less already transitioned to the desk, and yeah. you know, uh, you hear it in the NFL. You know, the the other opponent would say, "Motherfucker, I'm gonna knock you into the desk." Mm-hmm. That's what they, you know, that's what they say, right? So, yeah, I, I don't think uh, Mr. Smith has. You know, let's be honest. I've said this before. I'll say it again, respectfully. All the fighters see him as a target right now. I don't. I haven't heard a single relevant light heavyweight fighter if they're not fighting or title contender, all the relevant light heavyweight fighters go on fight. I want to fight Smith like every single one of them. So totally irrelevant to the title picture. Yeah, man. Um, let's, uh, let's move on to the co-main event. Uh, the, the I just, I just want to say, can I, can Alex Pereira be like the least physically, emotionally excited champion in the history of champions? Like the guy won and it looked like he just like got a free sandwich. He was just like, yeah. Yeah, cool, just, huh? I guess that's just his image. That's just who he is. You know, he's he's, he's calm. He's calm in the storm. You know. Yeah, like, I just you win a world title and not smile. What a gangster. Anyways. Yeah, and then you got Tom Aspinall, completely opposite. He's he's like he's crying in the in the cage after he wins. You know what I mean? I like both. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're gonna be stoic, you're stoic, and if you're gonna show emotion, show emotion. You know what I mean? It doesn't make you any less or more of a champion by doing Definitely. that. Um, yeah. And Tom Aspinall, man, uh, who did you pick? Did you pick uh, Aspinall to win? I'm not going to lie. I picked Pereira, but I was with Sergey. and uh, man, speed kills, you know, like that's, that's, that's the game, man. Especially with heavyweights. Oh, they all got power. Aspinall speed and his footwork was, we said it, we kind of said it before. His footwork definitely was the edge. It edged him there. He got some shots off quick. That that jab to the chest, that pause, the pause, just boom, and then got him. It was just beautiful. It was it was like lightning. It was it was almost like a street fight. Almost, you know, it was just two titans, and and obviously Sergey had clipped him just a tiny bit before, which made it very interesting. It was a yeah. short lived, explosive, spectacular fight. I think everybody's reaction was. This is how heavyweight fights are supposed to be. And 69 I seconds, man. 69 <laughs> seconds. Perfect timing, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Right hook and hammer fist, and it was over. Uh, Sergey, he kind of he kind of seemed so slow compared to uh, Aspinall to where he looked like a robot fighting out there. Like, it was just like, just, 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 you know, like it was just, and he clipped him, yes, but Tom ate that, and he's like, all right, I know how it feels now. And then I think he gained confidence from that and then used his footwork. Tom spent years, years in Tyson Fury's camp boxing. Like he was going to be a boxer for a while, right? Like he, that's what he wanted to do. And then he came mm. back to MMA. That boxing is paying off tremendously. That All that boxing training is paying off tremendously. And the thing about Tom Aspinall is he could take you down and submit you if he wants to, right? He has options. Like he can knock you out. He can submit you. He can take you down. He, he can do everything. I don't. When's the last time we had that? Maybe Kane Velasquez. Uh, yeah, Kane probably was the prototype to this model. But yeah, when you're talking about a, a man in his prime who can do everything, and when you use the the overused term right now of well-rounded mixed martial artist, but that's not really a term that applies in the heavyweight division still. So yes, it is refreshing, amazing. 
and scary as fuck when you're dealing with a dude that size who can move like that, angles like that. Bro. And and uh and the thing is like he has good decision making as well. That's one thing that uh that really shines in his because like he did go for the takedown, right? Against uh did he go for the takedown against uh Sergey? Sergey? I don't remember that. I don't remember that part. Yeah. I just remember sizing up, sizing him, stepping in. Sergey yeah, but the thing is, like, I think if he wanted to, if he needed to, he would be able to go for the takedown, get to the ground, absolutely, and do his thing, right? Um, it, we, yeah, it's I like not many had, fighters can do that. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say I know we only had sixty nine seconds, but if you think about it, like, if that fight did play out longer. It only opens more, like you said, more yeah. weapons in the arsenal for Tom. I don't really think it gets better. Yes. He's so multidimensional. And, you know, like when, when Sergey fought Curtis Blades, right? Everybody's like, Curtis Blades is going to take him down and pound his face in. Never happened. Because Curtis Blades, for some reason, thought he was going to be able to stand and trade with him. And maybe if he did knock him out, then we'd be talking about Curtis Blades and uh, Tom Aspinall, right? For the title. Right. And maybe that matchup. Curtis Blades will be able to wrestle, you know what I mean, against Tom Aspinall and beat him. You know what I mean? It's all about matchups as well. You know what I mean? All these people, you know, predicting that Aspinall is going to be like this long reigning champion. Yes, it sounds great, but we cannot overreact to the heavyweight division, right? It's just they're, the longest defense streak is like three fights. You know what I mean? That's three defenses. That's that's not very long. And that's that's Stipe who was there. Um yeah, it was great. Let me see what Jorge. Jorge was good, man. Um, Aspinall said he wasn't hurt when his mouthpiece got dislodged, but Aspinall could tell Pavlovich uh, thought he was hurt. Did Kane have Aspinall's punching power? No, I don't. No. Well, Kane had power, right? Like he he's knocked dudes out, but he didn't have like speed. The overall yeah, like he didn't combo, have like the combos. He, yeah, his, like Aspinall's like striking is way more developed at mm -hmm. at at. You know, wherever Kane was fighting, I think Kane was much older as well. Aspinall's super young for a heavyweight. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, I mean, it's hard to say who has more power. But hey, heavyweights, if you if you can connect, you're gonna connect and and put someone to sleep. So uh, so what what does Aspinall said he's not gonna wait for John Jones Stipe because John Jones we don't know when he's gonna come back even if he is going to come back thank you thank you for saying that John I had to like I had to like repeat myself like 15 times yesterday I was telling people yo John Jones Tom Aspinall get it out of your head people sorry it ain't happening it ain't happening I bet you whatever you want to bet I'm lying I don't bet but the point is it's not gonna happen think about it Jones and Stipe are indefinitely both a Looks like agreed to sit out and wait till John's healed. That's everybody knows. If you know, if you know, then you know Stipe has got one fight, and that fight is John. So that fight's happening. Then where does that put Aspinall? Well, he's not going to fight John, and Tom's going to have to fight relatively sooner than you'd expect the two old guys to ever figure it out. So it makes a very awkward situation. And I hate to be this guy, but this is the interim championship. And it's not the real one. So got to take it for what it is. Yeah. So what's more compelling to you? Is it Cyril gone? Is it um, no. what, Curtis Blades rematch? Because that fight never really materialized, right? Is it, you know, Jalton Almeida? Because 
Tom Aspinall beat Volkov. Stipe's not going to fight anytime soon. And and Sergey, he just beat him. What do you think? My my two my highest on the list is Jilton. Second choice is Curtis. To me, Gan does not deserve any form of any title ch- like challenges anymore. Like what? We just get this guy in, and what fifty percent or more of his fights are world ta- title challenge fights with a completed roster uh, defeat list of who? Like he's beaten how many people get in the division? Not enough to warrant whatever this would be his 32nd title uh world title attempt i'm joking of course but yeah no no thank you no thank you for don antoine do you guys think tom will be the rare interim title def- yes he will because the ufc is going to hang on to john jones as a champion as long as possible as long the as they can yeah and and uh tom only way he would like just become the de facto world champion without actually fighting the world champion or the official world champion or whatever you want to call it uh, the undisputed world champion is if John Jones relinquishes the title or they strip him or he retires and then Tom will just become the champion. You know what I mean? I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, but Tom's going to fight these guys. He's going to fight. I think they're going to put him against uh, Gon, which is crazy. I think I think they put Jalton Ameda, you know, they put him as like an option, like a backup. But I think Cyril Gon, Cyril Gon's still ranked number one in the division, right? So they're going to put him in there and they're going to probably do it in Europe somewhere because they're both european fighters right so that would be a a great main event somewhere pay-per-view maybe in london um that's what probably will happen somewhere in the uk Uh, i don't think it'll be in france um but yeah uh jalton ameda he's a big threat but tom is well-rounded right he's like he's not like the other guys that he jalton has been fighting he's not Derek lewis like tom will be able to use jujitsu he'll be able to get back up right so that's it, man. That's it. That's it. That's what's gonna happen. So let's uh let's move on to the next fight of the night. Before we get to the next fight, everybody make sure you guys go in the descriptions, download the all-star app, make picks. I've been making my picks. Uh I picked uh you know, I I think I picked uh Sergey, got that wrong. I picked um Yuri, got that wrong. Uh, but I did pick Andrade to win this fight. The reason why I picked Andrade, this this fight is kind of wild too. You know what I mean? Both these girls are going through divorces. You know what I mean? And they're talking about their divorces leading up to the fight, like really, really in detail about like Jessica Andrade is paying for her divorce with all the fights. Like what kind of divorce are you getting? Like how much money are you? Get? Like I know Jessica Andrade is making pretty good money, man, every single fight. And how, dude, like, what are these people you are marrying? Like where they're taking all your money, you're paying for your divorce and Mackenzie Dern as well. Um, Mackenzie Dern, the reason why is her camp seemed like it was very unstable. You know what I mean? Like it was just like her gym had closed down. Right. And it seemed like, I think her coach, Jason Perlow was not with her anymore. Is that right? I don't know any of that though. The That's funny. All I caught was that she worked with Cejudo and was supposed to be, developing some wrestling which i did not really see that's what i'm of. saying she was working on all this grappling and wrestling with cejudo and like distance control i think she, she was working her striking with cejudo which is very odd and you think cejudo's gonna take credit for that it seems like he always <laughs> takes credit for everything right like he's like oh yeah um i worked with yuri when he won but what about now you know what i mean like it's like that's how, bro, that's how a lot of people are bro yeah, a lot of people and, like talking about their dubs not the l's exactly and andrage man she is pound for pound one of the most exciting fighters ever, I think, 
in the UFC, not even just women, just ever. Like whenever she fights, someone's getting knocked out. Like someone's getting hit with some heavy shots. She's been knocked out going for the knockout. You know what I mean? Like Yan Zhao now, remember that? Like a person that knocks out nobody played her perfectly. And I would have think Mackenzie Dern would learn from that. But Mackenzie Dern doesn't have that striking background that Yan Zhao now has, right? So it was it's difficult to learn a strategy. Um, Mackenzie Dern, man, it's, it seems like every time she gets a stable environment around her, like training camp wise, it, it, it just flips. And then next thing you know, she's training with this other person. And, you know, like the, Jason Perlo was working really good with her. You know what I mean? She was looking much, much better. I even spoke with her like multiple interviews talking about working with Jason Perlo. And then it seemed like J I don't think Jason Perlo was in the corner. It's it's sad to see that. You know what I mean? Even though she's still young, she can still develop into a champion. But uh, I think she, you know, like a lot of people say, she just takes some time away. I think she should really take some time away um, and and work on some stuff. My man, you are nailing it. And I want to add, like, you got to think about where the warrior's mind is, you know, entering battle. I think that's very important. And obviously, both these ladies, you know, using the media, putting their story, getting their names pumping before flight week. Hey, whatever's. But what I thought was weird was I post, I, I did a post regarding uh, Mackenzie's statements. And she replied in there, and she replied that, basically um her other half implied that he wanted nothing from her other than a green card like you're ma'am you are on social media days before your fight talking about your ex and like possible things you shouldn't really be saying like talking about green cards or whatnot like who cares this is all personal stuff that shouldn't be out there when i saw that i personally took it as a red flag that she can't possibly be single focused on Andrade. Like, with all this other talking, all this other stuff. Also, Jessica Andrade, man, let's be honest. She is one of the very few women that knock you silly cold with just these. She don't need any other weapons. She don't need knees. She don't need kicks. She don't need elbows. She puts you out with her hands, which is She's rare. She's like John Lineker. She's like John Lineker as a female. That's basically what it is. Great, right? great comparison. It's like yeah, John Lineker and as a female is wild. And with that fight, as it played out, we saw it was, it was, I thought it was competitive and good. And for a little bit, Andrade was missing. But then once Andrade started landing, you could see that the game plan or whatever she was thinking was going to happen suddenly changed. You now have a, a person who's relentlessly coming for you with heat. And after she got dropped, I don't know if it was the first or second drop. There's a second drop. The second drop, she looked over to the ref. I don't know if everybody remembers this point. She gets dropped the second time and looks over like, you're going to call this? No? Okay. Like, that's not good body language, only to get up and get knocked around and flip-flop all over the floor later on. People were going, hey, this is cool at first, but after a couple of times of seeing Dern hit the floor, hit the mat, uh, you know, people started questioning the ref, like I was talking about in the previous fight. I mean, you know, if you're, a, if you're one second too soon, people want to get up in arms. You're now... A knockdown sequence late, well, that's also bad too. Refs have a tough job. I don't, I'm not calling this a late fight, but I'm just saying she got knocked around, flopped around, and people were going, Ugh. so I just think it's funny in the same card, two fights from one another, you got you know difference of opinions and the way it should go. Long story short, Dern, man, does it seem like she does really good up until like a certain point? Like, has she kind of showed that she's a plateau fighter? I'm not sure yet. Obviously, she can develop and stuff, but 
it looks like she's she has she's finding a, a limit. I don't know. Yeah, we will we will not know because she's not like on a losing streak. You know what I mean? She's she's winning and then she'll lose one, so she's back and forth. We'll you know when it's consistent, then then it becomes like a red flag, right? Like oh maybe, you know. But we've seen fighters come out of that as well. You know what I mean? Come out of losing streaks and and become top five and become a champion, things like that. So you can never count out. Um, anybody in this division but Jessica Andrade you know she has wins in I think four different weight divisions um that's wild to me <laughs> four different weight divisions and be became a champion one fought for a title in another and and just was is probably one of the most exciting fighters that you will ever see like Jessica Andrade is like much must watch tv she's not that popular you know she's not as popular as I, I would want her to be but Man, she's popular to me. Like she's mm -hmm. just great. She's she's uh she just knocks you silly, man. And she got the killer instinct. It's uh, I, she, you know, sucks to say, but I think she'll just get lost in history when she retires. Like a lot of people just forget about her. But I will never forget Jessica Andrade. I'm watching every fight she has, man. She's incredible. Um, where does Jessica Andrade go from here, though? Like she's fought pretty much everybody. Right, but she just knocked off Mackenzie Dern, and Mackenzie Dern is uh, what is she? Mackenzie Dern is is she even ranked? Oh, there she is. She's number seven. Andrade was number five. Who does she I, fight I, next? Andrade. I feel like Andrade is in the direct polar world of what we were talking about earlier, where Yuri has like a whole new world of fresh matchups. Unfortunately for Miss Andrade, it's like the direct polar opposite, where it's it's either uh you know kick their ass again or redemption fights right like she's basically got a, a whole album on repeat in front of her uh for better or worse we'll see yeah because in her last five fights she fought tatiana sores mackenzie dern jan blanchfield murphy and those are two different divisions right the ones yeah. some of them are flyweight some of them are it's it's pretty uh it's pretty amazing, man. But I hope whatever she sticks she does, to what she said. She said she's committing back to one. Yeah, I yeah. hope she does. Yeah, so you put her against like Lupi Godinez. Why not? Let's see what she. Let's see if Lupi Godinez is legit. You know what I mean? We'll we'll probably talk about her a little bit later. But I'm saying we'll see, right? We'll see. Uh, Mackenzie Dern. We we already said our piece about her, and uh, I like Mackenzie Dern a lot, man. I think she does have potential. She she can become a much better fighter than she is right now. I think that performance right there was all mental. It was all mental, man. Like I think everything that's going on around her is 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 really like affecting her. And I can't say for sure, but by her performance in the cage and like the strategy and decision making and all these things and 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 body language, it seems that way, right? And Jessica Andrade was just like, "I need money, boom, boom, boom." You know what I mean? And that's. That's all you need. Well, John, this is what we talk about all the time. We talk about a high-level fighter that we know is high-level, but a little bit of a skid, like Jessica. But she needed this win. Like, I mean, everybody needs wins. Everybody needs money. But, like, in a in a story of your career mode, she needed this win, man. Yeah. Everybody, go in the descriptions, download the All-Star app, and make picks on UFC fights. Follow the UFC. Follow PFL. Follow all the major organizations all the news from all the major websites, all into the app, all just there for you. So when you wake up, when you go to sleep, in between that, 
you can check the app for everything, everything, interviews, whatever you want, odds, comparisons. Yeah. And on top of that, John's kick-ass, well, I'm putting it in the wrong direction. John's kick-ass interviews, man. He's over there getting you prospects fresh out of Phuket. Like, I mean, dude, he's got both sides of fighters fighting on uh, this week's coming up card. So I'm I'm shamelessly plugging for my bro here. He's got great interviews. Check him out. There you go. And uh, let's move on to the next fight. Head kick knockout for BSD, Benoit Saint-Denis. Um, this guy is a serious problem. Matt Frivola. Shout out to Matt Favola. The, the guy is fearless. And he was doing good, I thought, up until that point, right? You know, one mistake in this <clears> division, <throat> any division, and your life can be put out. And that's what happened. He just got caught. I don't think Matt Favola, you look at him any different, to be honest with you, right? He took a chance against an unracked fighter. Like, that's how fearless he is. You know what I mean? And he was doing good. Yeah. I thought he was doing really good. And like the positioning and everything is like generally, yeah. John, you know, like you, you from that spot, you kind of think like, oh, I'm cool, I'm not gonna get hit, mm-hmm. but the kick can reach you, and it did. Yeah, he got caught, man. And I think yeah. Matt's the type of guy that you know he he dies on his shield, so like he's ready to come back and and do the exact same thing. You know what I mean? Because that's who he is. Can can we put a little bit just extra love on Matt Favola for just being like a real awesome dude? After his fights, I don't know if you've seen his timeline. He was posting pizzas, just like eating a pizza in New York City, just so cliche. I mean, good for him, man. Yeah, definitely. And BSD, man, uh, Saint Denis, he's uh he needs a he needs like yeah he needs to be pushed now, right? France, they don't have too many prospects, but they do have a few, and he's definitely one of them. He's becoming a contender now. I'm I'm putting my flag on him as the first legit, like full-fledged legit French fighter. I think he's dangerous. I think honestly, I think he's more possible title contendership than Cyril Ghan at this point. That's just my opinion. And you know, the thing is with him is like he should have called other people out. You know, calling out Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje, like that's just a waste of time. It's a waste of time. They're not going to give you those fights. Those guys are not going to fight you. You get to a certain level in the division, you're only going to fight the fights that get you to the title or get you paid a lot of money. Yes. And Saint-Denis is not either one of those, right? So you should not be yet. calling out other people, right, in the division. Someone that, you know, that is around that you could be like, all right, give me the winner. You know, he did call out Gamera. So there you go. Gamera could be an option. But he should have been calling out, like, you know, RDA, who's still ranked number 10 for some reason in, in the lightweight division. He could have called out Jalen Turner. You know, all these guys are ranked in the top 15 and w- they are ranked above him, even if he was ranked, right? right? So that's who you should be calling out, right? Not these guys, man. Well said, John. Yeah, exactly. Guys they can actually pair you with, guys that are available, guys that have names, like the ones you've mentioned. And like you said, relevant and close enough where the fans can get behind it and even make a little bit of push for you on your behalf of saying they want to see it. There's no way an army of supporters can form for St. Denis versus, like you said, versus Gagey. Like that's that's not something we can even back up as fans. No, Gage is looking at the title, man. Gage is yeah. looking at like big fights, right? Like he's not looking at St. Denis. You see him in the how high was uh Gaethje probably at same ringside I mean like he's just like oh what (laughs) who's this guy right like that's did somebody say my name bro yeah exactly (laughs) just like don't say it like that it's a waste of time like there's a waste of time I know some people you know fighters people are always saying like fighters need to call out somebody yes call out 
logical options. Yeah, exactly. Please. <laughs> you, you or, got, just, you, or just go crazy. Just be like, just do something that will get you viral, right? Right, yeah. You, you got 20 seconds. Make it count. Exactly. Now, moving on to the, the opener of uh, the main card, for, uh, a featherweight bout between uh, Diego Lopez and Pat Sabatini. Diego Lopez just murdered him, right? It was just Boom. it was just bad, right? It was 90 seconds. Um is 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 Diego Lopez getting overhyped, do you think? Because it seemed like there's a lot of hype around him. There is there is a strong female uh fan base for Mr. Lopez. Good for you, Diego. Uh the amount of people, ladies specifically, that were posting my emo king, hell yeah. I was just like, whoa, this dude's got a lot of support. Uh people like him. I like him. Maybe a little bit overhyped. I think it's just I think it's when a fighter blows up, you kind of get this moment where everybody piles on and you had he just had this killer moment. He just had it. People already liked him and then had a killer moment. I don't think anything too bad of it. I didn't see the usual overreaction of Lopez for the world championship. Like, you know, I didn't see any of that. So maybe mm -hmm. it's okay. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, like there's a lot of options for uh, Diego Lopez. I think that they should build him, though. I don't think they should just be pushing him into, like, Bryce Mitchell. Because I know that he wants that fight and all of that stuff. But he's not anywhere near. Is he even – is he ranked? I huh. don't think so. I thought that he should be fighting, like, Alex Caceres. He should be fighting Dan Ige. Like, somebody in the top 15, but, like, in that 15 to 11 or 12 – range i think right. that would probably be the best option for him if you're gonna push him you know what i mean but people are just trying to push him all the way to to bryce mitchell or you know like uh next you know they're gonna be like he should be fighting calvin cater or some shit like it's come the on the fact of the matter is if the ufc listened to fans on matchmaking and stuff set up they would be out of business in like a, a year yeah it's, it's it's weird man it's weird but uh yeah, he's definitely skilled. You know, he comes from a team. He represents Mexico, but he's Brazilian. Um, and when you got that, you know, it's like Lupe Godinez, right? Like it's 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 a it's very very good for you as an athlete to have a country behind you, especially in MMA and fighting. And uh, yeah, that's what the UFC wants. They would love that. They want you to draw attention in your country. They don't, they don't really mind about the U.S. because the U.S. is watching anyways. It's your country. Can you make? Can you put up numbers in your country? It's like Taporia in Spain. Like he puts up numbers. Like he's really, really famous from what I heard out there right. in Spain. And uh, and that's why the UFC is going to plan on going there next year because of Taporia, right? So we'll see. Um, but other than that, Lopez, I'm still not uh, like convinced, let's just say. I'm not convinced. I need to see more from him. Beating Sat uh, Pat Sabatini. Pat Sabatini has been underwhelming, to be honest. Like, he was hyped as well. And mm -hmm. what is his record yep. now? Let me look at his record now in the UFC. Um, let's, let's he is 5-2 and two in the UFC. He's 5-2, and two, right? And he's lost his last two out of three. against. Uh, and he's been finished as well in, in two of those fights and his losses. So... Yeah. You know, he's he's do or die, but Diego Lopez is do or die as well. And uh, I don't, uh, you know, it's hard for me to hop on. Like, I'm not a hype train guy. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't really try to jump on the hype trains. Like, they have to prove it. Like, when Kobe came in the league, everybody's on the hype train. I wasn't on there. I'm, but eventually, I, mean, I became a Kobe fan. It's like LeBron James. Everybody's a hype train. You know, stuff like that. So Right. I, I'm usually, I'm like that too, dude. I'm usually late to the hype train, and then I have to pay full price to sit in the back. There you go. <laughs> um, let's look at the prelims, man. The prelims, we had a lot of, like, uh, decent fights, you know what I mean? But I, what stood out stood out to you? Well, let's let's go for the the awkward one, the odd the odd duck in the group, the draw, right between mm-hmm. uh, Sedyakov and Boroshev. Uh, that fight was awesome, and I think in the rare occasions of life and combat, a very uh, legitimate draw. Both guys yeah. had separate moments. Then there was a moment where they're both giving it to each other. Uh, a legitimate, a fully legitimate draw. And it was cool to see because it was very well contested by both guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, first round, uh, uh, Slava Claus, he did, he did probably clearly win that first round. And then Sadikov in the second round just went berserk and did get a 10 8. And then in the third round, uh, Slava Claus kind of came back. It was a little bit closer round in the third, but it looked like he landed a little bit more in that fight. Uh, Nazim Sadikov, he's definitely a prospect. Both these guys are prospects, man. Like they're fighting each other and fighting to a draw. It just shows you how good these guys are, and they're not even at their prime yet. You know, um, I'm interested to see like what's next for these guys. Uh, I, I think we should see draws more in in fighting, but you'd have to pay. You'd have to change the pay structure. That's the only thing. Because if if they got paid the flat fee, like let's say Sadikov was making. 20 and 20 but let's say he was making 40 flat then yes the draws don't i don't mind them you know what i mean because they they're going to get paid their money no matter what but if they're getting 15 and 15 and they fight to a draw that means ne- either of them either of them gets a second would, check sucks just just hypothetically would splitting the purse be okay with you splitting what purse though if okay theoretically since there was a winning purse that would go to a winner since it's a draw, just take it, cut it in half, give it to both parties. Yeah, but then both guys are getting paid different amounts. So it's like, which purse do you split? You know, or do you combine the purses together and split it? But that Damn. would be unfair to the guy that's making more money. I right? thought, I had, so I thought I had a reasonable thing, and then you just proved it wrong. Good job. <laughs> I yeah, it's just, they should just have a flat fee, man. Like, that's that's what they should do. The only no reason why I'm saying that is because I've been advocating for more draws. When fights are close, and these guys, it's their life. It's their permanent record of performance. And like you said, John, there's a big, there's a, usually a big part of your paycheck connected to it. There's three, well, it's technically there's four, but there's three columns in your record, right? Your wins, losses, draws, and then there's no contest, but who cares? Like, Use this. Why have it if we don't use it? It's weird. Yeah, they need to have more draws, but they need to pay the change the pay structure first. Um, the guy that stood out to me in the prelims was Jared Gordon, right? Jared Gordon, this guy, he's just a crazy story, right? He was like he even said it in this post-fight interview, like he was shooting heroin in the subway below Madison Square Garden years ago, and now he's fighting in in Madison Square Garden and getting knockouts, right? Like that, that the fight was crazy too because he was like losing the fight, right? He was getting handled by Mark Madsen. But the Dude. thing is, Mark Madsen, he's like he's really old, man, and his age really shows, like in his fights. And I yeah. think all this wrestling that he did throughout the years and chasing like Olympic gold or whatnot 
has really it's a detriment to him and his MMA career. And and I think he said to Jared that th- he could be possibly retiring after this fight now. Well, yeah, after this fight now. Um, I wouldn't be mad if he did retire, right? Because he's he's kind of up there in age and, and you don't want to take so many beatings, man. You know what I mean? I don't think he really needs money. Seems like he's he's doing well for himself. But uh, Jared Gordon, man, I'm, I'm happy to see him win and, and have his moment. And yeah, how would you, how do you not like Jared Gordon? The guy is like there for everybody, you know, like he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's like, if you have problems, you know, you could talk to him. Like, he's just there for people, you know I mean? He's like, he's using the UFC as a vehicle to promote, you know, you know, whatever he's trying to promote, like drug free, you know what I mean? Getting out redemption, of addiction, man. Yeah. yeah redemption. Redemption, like, dude. Because all good. if you're out there, if you got, you know, bad stuff going on, just, just know that it can turn around and it can change. And I love those kind of messages. I also really love sport and specifically martial arts and MMA being the redeeming factor. We've heard it plenty of times. Many guys got saved by boxing or football or whatever. It's just good to add MMA on that list of things that can, 180 your life man like think about what john just said shooting up underground in new york city versus now in msg catching knockouts that's that's literally the power of mma folks so anything is possible man yeah if they if they he can do that anything is possible like i also want to say i picked mr gordon and i was nervous just like you said the, Mm. the first little bit of that fight wasn't going his way but you know, Mark, we've seen other fighters in that age or, or old. Just last week, we saw Mr. Dalby, right? But like you said, it's it's the wear and tear or whatever, how much has worn out Mr. Madsen. Yeah, he took his his chin just didn't even didn't feel like absorbing more nah. than two punches. Yeah. And I, th- I think he he might be just cutting too much weight as well, man. He he was pretty big in there compared to uh, Jared Gordon, right? Jared Gordon's a little bit shorter stockier. But uh, yeah, Mark Madsen. Um, he's only 12 and two, right? His record. So he's doing pretty decent for himself. It's just his losses have not looked very good. And I don't know if he's going to retire. If he doesn't retire, then he doesn't retire. Right. But if he does, he did, he did well for himself, right? He made it to the UFC. His wrestling career is, was phenomenal. Um, and another guy that I, and I like to get some shine to is, uh, Josh Van, man, that guy, that kid, I think he's only like 22. But uh, yeah, you know, repping Myanmar, you know what I mean, and and just Asia in general. Twenty two years old, and I think he has a bright future in him. I'm not saying I'm jumping on the hype train, but you know, the guy is exciting. He might not, he might not win every fight, but he's pretty exciting. You know what I mean? Like he he'll sit there in the pocket and trade. I. It was a great. It was super entertaining. And since we're going there, I I, I can't not give. Credit to the guy who kicked off the show with fireworks, Jamal Emers, a classic punch you in the mouth and sit you down. Like that was awesome. There was not too much analytics needed. He punched the dude in the mouth, got the dub. Great way to open the show, Mr. Emers. There you go. Perfect. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, the the main highlights of uh of the card. You know, you had uh the the Lupe Godinez and uh Tapita Richie fight, that pace was insane. Insane. Those girls have cardio for days and, and they were just going at it. Those are those two girls, futures of division, right? Like they're going to be fighting again. I bet you eventually they're going to rematch sometime down the line. Tafta Richie, much better, I think, than people thought she was because Lupi has been on a pretty good run right now, right? Beating some really tough girls. 
I think Enrique this is one of and did well. Sorry, uh, I was just gonna say I think this is one of those fights that even though there's a loss on uh, Tabitha's record now, neither lady lost. Everybody enjoyed that fight. Everybody thinks highly of them because of it. All right, before we get out of here, let's let's get to some of these questions and then we will bounce out. Um, let me see some of these questions. All right, here we go. Antoine was saying, uh, also, uh, who would you would the main event the next London pay per view, Leon or Tom or main or co main? What do you think? Well, time wise, it should be Leon because he hasn't fought right, and Tom just fought. So I would just based on the just based on time, I would guess Leon would be the first to do. I guess no, I mean, like, he's I think he's saying like next year, like, oh. Because uh, Leon's gonna both? fight in New York, right? Against uh, or is Las Vegas against uh, Colby? Yeah. So I mean, I guess then that goes back to Tom because what you're saying, if if what you're saying plans out and gone, they're gonna squeeze gone in it. Let's be honest. There's nothing bigger than an Englishman versus a Frenchman in England. Like that would be, I mean, massive, 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 automatic sellout. You know, for sure. Um. Yeah. I think Tom would probably headline since he's the if they're both on the card yes you probably lean towards leon because she he he's the reigning champ he's he's had multiple title defenses if he beats colby but tom without leon yeah tom would be the main but okay and just throwing this out there historically the way promoters build cards is the heaviest weight is the last yeah but he's also interim champion as well yeah 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 it's tricky right Uh, yeah it's tricky Jorge got a question. He says, looking back, do you think Andrade and Dern was a mismatch? Uh, I don't think so. They're they're both top top ten fighters, right? So I don't know. No, yeah, because Andrade was Andrade was perceived as dipping because she was on a losing streak and Dern was ascending. Yeah. I think it was a great intersection. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, you could say that. Yeah. But leading up to it, they're they're two of the best girls in the world in that weight. Like there's it's hard to say mismatch, right? The word, the definition of mismatch is like, you see mismatches in, in amateurs, right? You see mismatches on the regional scene, I think, where it's just like a huge gap. But I think when you get to the UFC, you get to the bigger promotions, you know, like, you know, PFL and, you know, one and, and rise, you know, there's rarely any like real mismatches, right? These are people that train for years and years and years in all disciplines. And yes, they, one might be, uh more versed in one skill than the other right but you know that balances out because mckenzie's jujitsu is world class you know what i mean like it's if mckenzie went in there and won by submission would that be would you consider that a mismatch because andrage just didn't have the the best bjj defense i don't know i go with mismatches is the sentiment going into the fight not afterwards looking back at it because obviously you know it was one-way traffic or majority one-way traffic anyways the, before the fight, nobody was going. What the hell are these guys fighting? Oh, he's gonna. Sh-. Nobody said either woman was gonna get smashed. When that's the kind of terminology when fans throwing around, you start seeing is this a mismatch or not? But a fair competition, just one was better that night. All right, everybody, make sure you guys go in the descriptions and uh, download the All Star app. And yeah, if you follow MMA, if you follow the UFC. It's the perfect app to have. It has everything in there, every single thing, all the no stats, ads. all the no cards. Ads. Yeah, yeah, all no ads. It's free, and you can customize it. So, what are you waiting for? 
and and play in JSpec's league. You know what I mean? If you want to make picks on UFC fights, play in his league, uh, win prizes. He always has new prizes up there. So uh, we'll be back uh, next week. We won't have a show. I'll be gone for a week, uh, but it's a good week to skip. I think it's not the it's not the most exciting card coming up, but you know, you know what it is. It is what it is. You know, when it, you have cards every week, not everyone's going to be the best, right? Well, in the in the direct opposite of that, I will and still hold a watch fight watch party. So if you guys are on the X app and want to watch the fights, join a join me, watch along. We'll be watching the card, uh, yeah. no matter who's on it. Go follow J Spec his uh his his X X man. I can't. It's weird to say that. Like I know, X. right? Twitter his Twitter handle his X handle is uh, J Spec the host. Go follow him. Show them some love and join the spaces, man. They they pretty much allow you know anybody that is passionate about uh, the sport to watch along. And and there's it's not just J Spec. There's a bunch of people in there. So yes, and they've built a community. Go join them. Go make picks on the app. Go download the app. Follow the sport a little bit more tightly if you want to. If you have questions, the app will answer those questions, especially with news and notes. All right, everybody, take care and uh, be safe out there wherever you are in the world. Wear your seatbelt and uh, don't drink and drive and 